Hello, good people. If you're tired of a world of fake news, fake personalities, and fake images, you're tuned into the right place. This is Sean Barksdale, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want to give a special shout out to my family on the 10 Minutes of Truth podcast. These are the people from my mother to my aunts, cousins, um, uncles that were with me and seen me through all of these things through the years, especially in my incarceration and coming home. They really helped me. I really want to thank, uh, like I said, once again, the the, the Davis, Barksdale, uh, uh, Sidner, Carden family. Thank you again. Forget about what somebody else think about you. What do you think about you? Your past don't define you. Hello, everybody. We have very important news and events scheduled for some episodes on voter rights restoration. Please do not miss these upcoming episodes with 10 Minutes of Truth for Sean A. Barksdale. Thank you. If you'd like to become a sponsor or advertise on 10 Minutes of Truth podcast, contact me, Sean Barksdale. You can reach me at 434-446-6633 or shoot me a text. Or you can reach us at 10minutesoftruth.com. And remember, we'll always provide a platform for your truth on the 10 Minutes of Truth podcast. What's your truth? Hello, everyone. This is Sean A. Boxdale, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. Today, we have probably the most important person in my life to date, and it is my beautiful mother, Miss Darlene Davis. How you doing, Ma? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Of course, you know, everybody hears me and, you know, knows a little bit about my story. Starting at the end of the year, I'll be writing a book, Ma. We're going to have my mother, my father on and just tell a little bit about, you know, the early years of me. Uh, so we're just going to, you know, can't get everything inside of you know, 10, 20 minutes, but uh, we're just going to, of course, ask some questions that I've never asked before and uh, just shed a little bit of light on what makes me me. We'll start from the marriage. We'll start from there. Okay. okay. So uh, how old were you when you got married to my father? I was 17. We were both 17. 17 years old. Yes. I was young. You were still yes, a kid. <laughs> yes. Yes. We had been going together since we were 14. Though. Really? Yes. Okay, so we went through school mm -hmm. uh, pretty much, you know. Okay, so uh, getting married that young, um, what were like in the 70s, this is in the 70s, so what, were there any benefits to being married when that young? Well, yes, when you, we were in love, and so we felt like that was the thing, to next thing to do. It was young, but it was the 70s, and things were a lot different then. Right. But it's still, at the time, it felt like the right thing to us to do. Right. So that's what we did. Our families had gotten to know each other, and we felt like we really knew each other. And so we felt like that was the path to go. It's not the path I would tell my grandkids to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But it was the path that I went. But okay. you grow and you learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, how, old, how old were you when I was conceived? Yeah, I was 19. You were born when I was 20. Okay. 19. So you had been married roughly about? Two years. Two years. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I remember you telling the story of like, I, I think um, that everybody thought I was going to be a girl. Yes. Back then in the 70s, you didn't have ultrasound. So you only went by people looking at you and telling you you're carrying it like a girl. Right. I wanted a boy. I always wanted a boy. But they said you're carrying it. You're going to have a girl. 
So I picked out all girls' names. I didn't even have a boy name. <laughs> and so when the wow. doctor told me you when you were delivered in a boy, and I said, really? And I called your grandmother, my mother, and we had to really get a boy name together <laughs> wow. for you. Wow, really? Yes. So grandma picked my name? She helped me, yes. Really? She helped with the middle name. Yes. Andre. Yes. So everybody who don't know my name is Sean Andre Barksdale, right? I had don't be calling me Andre <laughs> when you roll up on me neither. You know, what, I okay. had given you I was gonna give the girl my um niece Tiffany's name. Oh right, yeah. okay, okay. Wow, wow. So you didn't know until I came out? Yeah. Are you then. kidding me? Yeah, you didn't know. We didn't have that the whole ultrasound, so you really didn't know. And so you didn't buy, you bought neutral stuff. You didn't buy right. girl or boy stuff, but right. you didn't know until you actually were born. So where was I born? You was born in Fayetteville, North Carolina. My father was in the service That's right. during that time. Right. Okay, so I was born in Fayetteville. So you go into this <laughs> delivery room thinking this is going to be a girl. Right. And so I come out and they say, you have a boy. Right. Uh, how, what was that? Well, the experience was, you. I'm already kind of out of it and... So when the doctor did they have told the, what is it called, me, an epidural? Right, and did I you? did that. Okay, okay. And so when the doctor told me you have a boy, and I told him, I said, no, you that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, everybody told me I was going to have a girl, and he said, well, Miss Barksdale, you have a boy. Wow. So it was a big shock. Um, well, I've been shocking the world pretty much <laughs> on in some form of fashion. So it's only right for me to come like that. Oh wow, that's that's great news though. That's great news. So my father, he's th- what, what did he when he found out it was a boy? Because he was thinking a girl too, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, we were both. Like right. I said, we didn't have a name for a boy. So yes, he was shocked. We wanted a boy, but we never, you know, said okay or acted disappointed right. that it wasn't. But we right. were both very shocked. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. That's cool, though. That's real cool. Uh, so what was I like as a baby? You were a good baby. Really, you were. You It was easy. You were easy to take care of because as long as you gave you a bottle, you was good. Right. But um, Nothing like my children now. <laughs> <Yeah>. I, mean, <laughs> I love you. Oh. <laughs> but you were a good baby. You And as a child. You you were good, you but you really was a good baby. I had no problem with you as a baby because, like I said, if you got to crying and gave you a bottle, you were satisfied. <laughs> you were. You didn't have I'm still no satisfied <laughs> when I eat now. Didn't have no problem. Right. That's cool. That's cool. So I know we moved around a little bit. I think like some of my first memories is Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. We was in Oklahoma, but I remember. I was telling people, and I'll probably say this story with, with my father when I interview him. I, I never really felt like a child, though. Right. Because That's I right. always was moving right. around like an right. adult. Like, I remember being like three or four years old and just leaving, like, yeah. the house. And I'd be in the neighborhood all day. Yeah. You know, so. You I, were always very independent. And you always liked being outside. Yeah. And you always was very easy to get along with kids. Right. So you had no problem with that. This is Sean A. Barksdale, and we have some very, very uh, exciting news coming up on gun rights restoration. Um, we're not going to tell you who it is, but please stay tuned because we have some very exciting episodes coming up on 10 Minutes of Truth for Sean A. Barksdale. All right. Thank you. OK, that's that's cool. So, you know, fast forwarding, you know, uh, which guys you'll hear on my father's side. My father ended up uh, getting incarcerated. We ended up moving and. 
uh, coming to Virginia. And fast forwarding, uh, you know, I had my great grandparents and, you know, my grandparents, you know, to help mold and rear me. And my great grandfather was very big influence. My mother's grandfather, very big. Mr. Bannister called big influence in my life, taught me, you know, hunting, fishing, you know, tilling soil, so on and so forth. And uh, I remember when he passed away, um, what that did for me. But let me ask you, when did you start to see a change in my behavior? For the worst, that is. Basically, when you became a teenager and started high school, I think it was high school. When you was in elementary school, you was pretty much, like you said, you was influenced by my grandfather. And you was around your same group of friends. Right. And so you were pretty well kind of sheltered right. then. But once you got into high school, it was different. Right. You were around a whole lot of different people. Right. And as you said, you've always been an independent person anyway, but you just started hanging around a whole different group of people. Right. And that's when I started noticing right. um, and, the difference. Right. And so this is a don't let this go past you guys like parents, um, because that's a big influence. Like my mother, you know, being a single parent, she had to work a lot. She worked a lot. So you can only, um, when you're in that type of zone, monitor your children so much. So once, I, like she said, I started going out and hanging out and things of that nature, you know, I, I just, you know, um, came around a lot of different things. So you're, you're absolutely right because I know in high school, you know, you start mixing and mingling with people from other places and, you know, and they may be more advanced because like you said, I was sheltered. So... You know, when you you moving with guys that, you know, they they're three or four years advanced or five years advanced than you, you know, you kind of become fascinated, you know, with right. the with these type of things, man. So. um, Yeah, absolutely. So. So as I started to get in trouble and things that and I started getting a lot of trouble, which we right. know, um, you know, just in and out of this and that, you know. Uh, did you ever feel like, you know, my son is a lost cause? It, there were times when I, I don't know if I felt like you was going to kind of grow out of it or, or come out of it or get better. But there became a time, of course, when I felt like it, it wasn't going to get any better. Mm. And I was scared because I knew that it probably was going to take something kind of dramatic i didn't know how dramatic right. but i felt like it was going to take something right like that to right. really bring you back around but right. you you had a good family right. background but right. still right i kind of was losing a little bit of hope right <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure i mean because it, it was a point that you know uh for anybody who knows me or uh, like i said knows my story I really went deep into uh, the darkness, I guess you would say, you know, of uh, the street life. I really embraced it I, wholeheartedly. And it was a lot of, you know, a lot of money was spent, a lot of, you know, heartache on on the part of, you know, family members, so on and so forth. So fast forwarding, um, I ended up going to prison uh, for 14 years, a very long time. Uh, and whatnot. So, how did you? When I first got that time, how did you feel? What when they said, you know, you have fourteen years to do? 
Now, that was a nightmare. That that was horrible. And as a mother, you feel fear, but you feel a lot of guilt because mm-hmm. your children, they're really in your hands to, I feel, to bring up. Right. And so I felt a lot of guilt. I, I felt a lot of responsibility for that. And so I felt a lot of fear because that was a long time. Right. But in the back of my mind, I was always thinking, we've gotten him out before. We probably can do it again. But that didn't didn't work out that time. But it was a, a very bad time for the whole family. It was. It was. I remember um, being in that courtroom that day when they handed that time down. And I remember, because everybody's there, Brian, you know, Pop James, Grandma Havana, you know, on Earlene. Everybody, everybody was there. And I just remember everybody crying. Yes. Yeah. Everybody. Even me. Even me. Don't get it twisted, ladies and gentlemen. And and everything that you hear, you know, I was crying like a baby when they handed me that time. You know, because I couldn't reverse it. And I knew it was real. It, it, it got real very fast. And, you know, young men, especially our young men out here, please pay attention to what you're listening to because like my mother said they felt like oh well you know i used to get these these little slaps on the wrist and you know little six months here or three months there or boot camp and it you know i was on my way to my first time in prison i did 14 years because of you know uh those little slaps on the wrist so on and so forth so it it really was like she said it was a nightmare for everyone Hello, everybody. This is Sean A. Boxdale, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. In these trying times, we have coming up some very, very important episodes and important information on traffic stops and what should happen and how these things should go on both ends with the pedestrians as well as the officers. Not going to tell you who it is. Please stay tuned for upcoming episodes on these important matters with 10 Minutes of Truth for Sean A. Boxdale. Thank you. So let me ask you, during that time when I was in prison, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started to change. Mm-hmm. I started to, yes. you know, evolve. I started talking different. You know, I started becoming more positive And, you know, y- 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 you guys were coming to a lot of my graduations right. and, and things of that nature. Uh, did you think it was real? Well, I knew that in the beginning I felt like I know he's going to to try to go through this and, and make a change. But you're always in the back of your mind. You're, you're wondering. Right. But it came a point to a point that I, I, I could really see it was real because you were um, you were mentoring other people in prison. You were um, staying on top of learning new trade, everything you could learn. You was trying to learn. You right. were always staying positive. And the feedback I was getting from the Gods, everybody in prison was such positivity. Right. So I knew that a change was being made. Right. And you were getting older. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah, because you have to think. I went. I think I was like twenty four. Right. Twenty four years old is when I I was incarcerated. So all of my twenties, the rest of the twenties, and all of the thirties mm-hmm. is gone. And this, these are the times I realized that this is when people are making families. When they are making That's their right. career, you know, when they are getting their lives in order That's right. yeah. for, you know, later down the road. And that's what I used to tell Pop and Grandma all the time. I said, man, I played, so I can't be playing no more. And then you had Asia. Right. That you were seeing all the time. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And for individuals that don't know, you know, just backtracking a little bit where she talked about that guilt and Asia, um, for people who haven't heard the podcast, she's she was my first guest on and my mother ended up adopting her uh, due to, you know, uh, her parents, um, uh, uh, of course. And my mother kind of not kind of, but had a second chance. Right. You had a second chance. Exactly. For her. And a lot of times I think she knows now. But at first she'd be like, you so hard on me. So just a little bit. What was having that chance again? A lot of people don't get that chance because I'm an right. only child. Right. That's you know, true. I didn't have any brothers and sisters, true. so I know understand that guilt me having children now, and sometimes you feel like you may fail in this area. Uh, how did that feel having that second chance again with her? I, that's a very good question because I I did have that second chance, and I prayed to get it right, mm. but also I, I I was determined to get it right. right. I said this time I can get this right. I see the mistakes that I made. And so I, I made sure not to make those mistakes. I'm a very easygoing person, but I tried very hard to say, I don't want to lose this child to anything. I'm, I'm going to see that I do the best I can. I right. know that I did everything I was supposed to. Right. And, and you and, and we have to give uh, to my mother's uh, husband, Floyd Davis. We have to yes. give him his kudos. Yes. We have to give him his flowers right now because he has done an exceptional yes, job coming into, you know, not only your life, but her life, our family. That's right. You know, Floyd is an exceptional guy. And I've, I've said before, if there's any other person that I would want to be my biological father, it would have been Floyd. You know, he's a great guy. So, you know, he, he, he really stepped up to the plate and helped a lot. Yes, he did a lot. Yeah, a lot. So, uh, you know, we definitely give him his flowers for that. Um, but, yeah, you guys did an exceptional job with her. You did. Yeah. I mean, you know, for people who didn't hit that episode yet, you can go back and check it out. But, you know, she graduated, you know, associate's degree. She's in VCU, you know, outstanding young lady that not only did that cheerleaded, you know, her yes. whole way through school and was on different boards and and and. and presidents and, and things of that nature and man worked. so and worked and still works and still works. i mean you know so she has she has that work ethic and you know she's really and i told her on here she was really easy to parent yes she was yes. easy you know yes. you didn't have to worry about drugs yes. you didn't have to worry no. about alcohol you didn't Not have to worry all. about going to get abortions that's and right you didn't have to worry about that stuff that's true you know so it was very easy in that regard that's true you know but, but true. the reason being once again to parents out there it was certain foundations that was set early early it was set early and that's the key i think that's the key to any parent is um what you do early on with your children and paying attention and taking time. Right. No matter how busy you are or what you're doing, you have to take that time for that child. Absolutely. And you have to, and you do have to start early. Right. You do. I, I mean, I know from having young ones. Mm, yes. You know, just the, in their in their sponges, they soak up everything. Everything. You're doing, everything. You know, if anything, and I have to be very, especially you know, uh, Alina and Asad, they're very smart. That's right. So they always they're watching. always paying attention. I mean, I see Asad, man. I may be doing something or you know, or, or, or listening to something, and I may be just moving my head, and I look, and he just moving his head the same way I'm moving my head. That's right. You know, and That's and, right. and because we're their first superheroes. 
Exactly. You know, like That's I said, right. my grandfather was my first That's superhero. Right. This That's guy right. was a superhero to me. That's right. You know, so, you know, that's that's very important for for us to to hear that. Um, uh, I have one final question for you. Uh, me coming out mm-hmm. and seeing how I came out and the aggressiveness in making people see a different Sean Barksdale. Did I exceed your expectations? Oh, my goodness, yes. You came out with a mission. Right. And you never stopped. And I knew you were changed. I knew you had changed, but you always got to look and say, how is it going to be, though, when they actually hit the out here in this world? Right. But you never, ever drop that positivity and you just never slow down right. as far as trying to be better, do better and obtain more knowledge, do more. St- I've never seen nothing like it. Right. Thank you. So you exceeded tenfold. Right. <laughs> I appreciate it. Cause I remember Floyd used to, you know, Floyd, you know how Floyd is Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. Is he going to hang with Will? All I want is he going to be over there. With that's right. You know, <laughs> you know, so when they, that didn't go. That did, and and yeah. so that's what he said. Okay. He said, he's not hanging around the same people. Right. He, he's going a whole different way. Right. And, and that's important. That's that rare. was very important. Even if the people not really, you know, doing anything bad, it's right. just still. Right. 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 Your you motives. Know, is, it, it is because I knew coming back to the same place that people would try me that's right and they would they would just because of what they remember that's right and it sometimes it doesn't have to be malice or anything like that it's just the zone that they're in that's right. and the person that they remember that's so right. you had i had to like i said aggressively be positive that's and right. i had to aggressively say i don't move like that no that's more right. i don't do those things until people started to respect it in a manner that they was like okay we're not even gonna go around that dude right. or we're gonna make sure if he come around we give him this type of respect so you know that's i just I, I appreciate um because a lot of people didn't have a support system that that's i true. had in prison you know i didn't care if i was in timbuktu y'all was coming that's right you know and y'all was banging them doors that's down true. and so i owed and I still owe everything that I'm doing to a you. You know what I'm saying? So I really appreciate everything that you have done, everything that uh, my family has done. I love you. Uh, I really do. Uh, I owe you so much that I can't repay you for. No, but, but you are. Because just you being and doing what you're doing now right. is has made us also prayer. Made us also prayer. And your grandparents got to see it. They did. So, they you know, did. that was a wonderful thing. They did. And so it, it's it's been just truly a blessing to see you because you are, you're moving. Right. You're moving. And right. people are calling me all the time and telling me how proud they are of you. So I appreciate it. It means a lot. Yeah, it just means a lot, you know, like I said, and I'll just end on that note, uh, you know, from the post the other day, like you deserve your your only child. You deserve this second half to be like this. Right. You deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody the first don't half, get it. Yeah, everybody ev- don't get everybody it. Everybody don't get that. They don't. So they don't. It's you know. a but you, we really have to be thankful. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to 10 Minutes of Truth. This has been my beautiful mother, uh, Darlene Davis. Thank you so much, Ma. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Love you. Love you too, honey. A teacher, a principal in Mid-Atlantic Broadband and Microsoft, we want to tell you some very important upcoming episodes on how these individuals and this technology is connecting in the community. Stay tuned. Thank you guys for listening to my mother, Darlene Davis, on part one of 10 Minutes of Truth.